This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams! It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. See the full schedule and find where to watch at IonNWSL.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Tom Marvin, technical editor at Bike Radar, and with me today, for the first time ever on the podcast, is Ollie Woodman. Ollie... Who are you and what on earth do you do? So hi, I'm Ollie Woodman. Uh, I'm Bike Radar's SEO and Communities Editor. And I've been with the brand for 12 years now. 12 years? 12 years on Bike Radar? 12 whole years, Tom. Wow. Yeah, I started out um, back in Bath for the future publishing days and come across to Bristol with you guys now in the Bristol office. You've seen it all. What an incredible, uh, what an incredible amount of time spent on one website. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in, in, in those 12 years or, or before that, you must have bought an awful lot of bikes. You've ridden a lot of bikes. Um, we're going to talk today about buying secondhand bikes, though. Um, obviously, at the moment, it's uh, the whole COVID thing still going on. And it, it sounds anecdotally like people are buying secondhand bikes left, right and centre at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in many ways, actually, there's probably never been a better time to buy a used bike. Um, part of our job at Bike Radar is, 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 of course, to be aware of um, what shops are doing at the moment. And we're seeing, you know, left, right and centre, uh, big retailers having no stock of very important bikes. Um, so, yeah, uh, the used market must be, well, it's, it's on fire right now. I mean, I've heard anecdotes of people you know, literally going through their garage trying to find, you know, a derailleur and a shifter and an old handlebar and an old frame just to put a bike together because they know that at the moment, you know, secondhand prices are sky high for pretty much any sort of bike. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the demand is definitely there, Tom. Cool. I mean, we sort of thought then, let's do a podcast on buying a secondhand bike. How how should you do it? You know, is it easy? What are the pitfalls? What are the pros and cons? Um I've bought plenty of secondhand bikes in in the past twenty years. I'm sure you have as well, Ollie. What have you got? Any? What was the the best secondhand bike you've ever bought? Tell us a story. <laughs> so 
uh, like you, I've bought far too many bikes to, to fully remember. Um, but I would say uh, the best one I bought was a, it was a specialized Enduro. Um, at the time, I think it was um, about a year old. It was an ex-demonstrator bike. It was an Enduro Expert. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the main reason that people would buy a bike secondhand, of course, is to save money. Um, I purchased that for about a thousand pounds off the retail price at the time. Okay. I think it was about um, two and a half thousand retail. I paid 1500 quid for it, if I remember rightly. Um, and, you know, I guess a lot of people would, might be cautious about buying an, an ex-demonstrator bike. I remember, uh, you know, the real nerds out there might remember that specialized mountain bikes at the time were, they had a different frame color, actually. Mm -hmm. So this was red. And I believe the the stock bike itself was uh, green or something. It was a different color. So everyone, you could always see them as a demonstrator, but it was, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant bike, um, served me really well. And yeah, got it at that amazing price. Okay. So did you buy it from a shop or was that from like a, another normal person on the street? Yeah. So I bought it from a shop. I believe it was King Cycles in Taunton. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you remember these things. I, I was, I must have been about seventeen or eighteen. Really, really excited, you know. Save, yeah. save, pretty hard to 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 afford that bike. And yeah, it was a brilliant bike. Oh, happy days! I uh, when I was at uni, I, I went through nine different secondhand bikes in four years. Well, I had a bit of a bit of a problem at uni. I think um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> a classic sort of student loan comes in, uh, go and buy a, a secondhand bike. I, I did sell a few bikes along the way, but I. I bought two amazing bikes, actually. One, so I mean, I always read uh, MBUK, which is our sister publication, you know, as a kid. So I sort of grew mm -hmm. up with uh, Mint Source, which yeah. uh, if you're not aware what Mint Source is, it, sound, it might sound a bit daft, but basically it's a cartoon that is in MBUK every single issue for the past, well, I don't know, 20-odd 20 20 odd years, however ever yeah. long, you know, the mag's been on. Uh, it's about a little sheep, Um that goes uh, mountain biking, and it's drawn by a guy called Joe Burt. Um, so he's he still does a lot of riding now. Um, still does obviously mint sauce for MBUK and a uh, bit of a stalwart of UK mountain biking in some ways. But um, I bought an on one inbred twenty nine a single speed. It was my first twenty nine er. Wasn't my first single speed, but anyway. And it used to belong to Joe Burt. But the cool thing was the whole bike had been sharpie doodled in mint sauce by uh, Joe Burt. No like, way. Literally the Where's whole... that now? Oh man, well, I didn't really think about the significance of it. I mean, I paid 250 quid for the bike. Um, you know, this rigid, you know, rigid single speed thing. And I think I probably sold it for about the same a few months, you know, like a, a year later or something. But if I'd known, I should have really should have kept hold of that bike because it's absolutely, it was wicked. Um, it would have been nice on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just to to have that, you know, bit of art. But anyway, the other the other amazing, or was it shit? I don't know. It was one or two, one or the other. But I bought, I bought a Kona A or a Kona R. I don't know what, it, what the pronunciation because obviously I'm not Hawaiian. Um, but it was a it was their full suspension single speed. I had an issue with single speeds at uni, obviously. But it was their full suspension single speed bike um, with a pair of Magura HS thirty threes. And I remember oh razzing around, there's a, a local woods called Kemback Woods near St. Andrews where I uh, went to uni. And I remember razzing around there on that little single speed. 
HS33 just showing your age. Oh right? man, tell me about it. I mean, it also shows the age of that bike because yeah. <laughs> that bike was definitely not new when I bought it. It was absolutely ragged. But, um, so, you know, if we're going to sort of say, you know, what are the advantages of then of, of buying a, a second-hand bike? What are we looking for in terms of price? You're going to save a fair bit of cash, aren't you? You're going to save a lot. Um, I mean, typically, if you know how things are about in bikes with fashion and uh, you know the way that the technology moves on as well. Um, it, road bikes aren't quite the same, but I would say mountain bikes typically you can get some unbelievable bargains. Um, if you if if you think back to just what what's a twenty six inch full suspension bike worth now, it's it's kind of a a crazy a crazy thought actually. So if if you're going to go and buy a you know a secondhand used bike, presumably there's quite a, you know you can save a fair bit of cash on them, right? Yeah, depending on the age and condition, of course. Um, but you know even even this year's even uh, a bike from this year, you could save a whole chunk of cash mm-hmm. off the RRP, just like you would do with cars or anything else. That first owner really does take a lot of that hit in the depreciation. Mm-hmm. But it's it's worth sort of bearing in mind that you, you don't know how much the bike has been used though absolutely yeah so you've got to tread carefully um and you know when when you'd be looking to buy a bike that was nearly new i would also look to see whether say the likes of the warranty is carried across you'd always look for a receipt um a receipt of sale that way um, usually i believe a, a, a manufacturer's warranty would, would come across with you if you don't have that, you can pretty much guarantee it wouldn't. Uh, okay, so yeah, that, that's quite important then, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, when a bike goes wrong, if you, if you own it, you can sometimes, if it's not through wear and tear, you can take it back and, and, they'll, and they'll, you know, the, the manufacturer or the shop will should be able to sort you out with, with the warranty. But yeah, the, the, the policies are different between different companies. So, if, you know, if you're looking at that bike, do a bit of research on onto the warranty, especially if you know that you can get that receipt of, you know, original sale, right? Yeah, exactly. That would be something that I'd always try and look out for, regardless. Unless a bike is really old and you can forgive someone for not keeping that away, it's just very good practice. Um, obviously, another another big pitfall in this area, sadly, is is the world of stolen bikes. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if you search any of the big marketplaces for uh, big name bikes and you search by price, maybe lowest first, you're going to encounter dodgy situations. Um, so you need to make sure that you are uh, very, you know, as well protected as possible against that. Um, so there is a, a national database, I believe, where you can check a bike's frame number against that. Mm-hmm. So if you do suspect it's stolen. Um, however, I would always try and look for a receipt. Um, and, you know, use your common sense in that situation. Is this is this a dodgy situation? Am I... Uh, do I trust this this person trying to sell me something here? Um, if if warning flags are ringing, or if if warning buzzers are sounding in your head, then step away. There's probably quite a few else for sale. Mm. So I guess you know if it's if it's too good to be true, you know, if, oh, crazy this, this deal's amazing. Maybe it's amazing for for a reason. If you if you're looking at uh, an advert. Um, for a bike what what sort of things you know personally if, if i'm looking for an advert for a bike or a car whatever it is you know like i'm, I'm looking for something with good quality detailed photos um yep. preferably written with at least some resemblance of grammatical correctness 
exactly, <laughs> that yeah. makes a big difference for for me personally. Um, and also, you know, I guess you can you can ask a number of questions before you go and view the bike. Um, you know, if you're in that first stage of contact, maybe ask a few questions of the owner. You know, how far has it gone? Are you the original owner? Do you have a receipt? Can you send me a picture of the frame number? All these sort of things can sort of add to that back catalogue of of detailed knowledge about the bike before you go too far. And and maybe if they're not providing any of that or they're saying, oh, yeah, I'm not sure, blah, 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 blah. Maybe buyers beware at that point. Exactly. Yeah, I would say so. And and the, there are also signs of, so I uh, to go into a, a little bit of a story, one of my friends purchased a Trek road bike um, from a guy in Bristol. And it turned out that the bike was, he, he didn't know a whole lot about it. Um, and, you know, almost maybe alarm bells would have been ringing at that point. You know, it was priced keenly. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we turned up to the guy's place, he had the original bill of sale. Um, he had his little kind of cat eye beginner computer at the front with something like 20 odd miles on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see, uh, you know, from the tire tread, from the fact that the bike still had its, you know, the dork disc at the back and the reflectors on it. This was a guy who purchased a road bike and maybe it wasn't for him or, you yeah. know, he's using another bike or something. So you do see bargains like that as well. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not that every bargain is dodgy. It's just that maybe just take a little bit more care if it is, if it is looking good. Yeah. Take your time. And, and remember that there, unless you're looking for something incredibly niche, there probably will be another similar bike coming up close to you. Um, it's an, a, another good idea is on eBay. If you are looking on eBay to set up a saved search, you know, so you get okay. a notification as soon as a, a similar bike to the one you're looking at comes back online. And then you can just jump straight in there and start bidding on it. Exactly. Be the first to get that. So when, when you're buying a second-hand bike, there's, there's kind of two, I guess, main pathways that you might go down. One is obviously sort of the internet auction, whether it's eBay, that sort of thing. And, and I guess not always, but often with those, the bike's going to have to be sort of couriered to you because you might be buying nationally. Um, the other way might be if you're, you know, looking on like a local, you know, Facebook marketplace, for example, and you can, you know, I'm looking within Bristol for for road bike at that point, you might want to go collect. So let, let's quickly talk about um, getting a bike couriered to you. What, what are the, you know, the benefit of that is that you, you can look nationally for the bike you want. You can do, yeah. I mean, speaking personally, um, I've only ever purchased bikes uh, that I've been able to physically view. Okay. And that's just... Um, that's just a, a preference of mine. I do understand that people um, might want to do things other than that. But um, if I, I think I would advise maybe to only purchase from shops in that situation um, mm-hmm. because of the sort of uh, returns policies and things that you're actually going to be able to get rather than, you know, a private sale where you're likely to have very little to no comeback if things aren't. So I would always suggest physically viewing a bike if it's possible um okay yeah i mean personally how about you have you have you done it that way tom have you purchased a bike and had a courier to you i've i've actually never purchased a bike in person so really every single one i've done everything from little weird single speeds all the way through to a tandem i've bought sort of un, unseen which really? is yeah definitely maybe the wrong maybe not the wrong way to do it but i guess so the way I've, I I sort of always did that, I always bought from um, our frenemies uh, at Single Track through that forum. 
uh, back in the okay, day. Okay, yeah. Um, so, and I guess, I guess on there, it was always sort of, I, I, I hesitate to say it's riskless, but it feels yeah. like a bit more of a community, you know, like a lot of the names there, you know, you can see like a forum history. I never yeah. bought one off a complete random that I'd never heard of on there before. Um, and I've never bought yeah. a bike through eBay. So I guess in that respect, I've always felt that there's like that sort of sense of community within the cycling thing. And, and I've never, I've never been stung. Um, yeah. I, well, I think you're, you're absolutely right there when it comes to kind of the enthusiast marketplace It's really important to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done exactly the same thing with cars mm-hmm. and the craziest one I did, I'm sure you're aware of it, Tom. Um, I bought that Z4 coupe yeah. uh, from Glasgow or where was it? It was East Kilbride right. um, from Bristol. Uh, I mean, I was, I'm based in Bristol um, without seeing it. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I did that is because the, uh, the buyer provided such brilliant detailed advert and he, you know, he got me loads of photos upon request. Um, and when I did eventually get the train up, um, take an entire day to do so, you know, I was, I was worried beyond mm-hmm. belief what i'd just done but it turned out perfect yeah i have to say so yeah sometimes it is really worth taking that risk but but maybe not outside of those enthusiast marketplaces you know like the the forum you just mentioned single track or pink bikes classified possibly yeah you're likely to get um better quality ads than you are from the likes of gumtree and ebay yeah okay so if, if you're getting that bike code i always you know, it was always packed up nicely in a, in a big box. Um, you know, a reputable courier company, handily. You know, it's, it's worth paying a little bit extra for that as well. Um, but if you're going to go and buy a bike uh, in person, like you've done, what are the what what should you be aware of doing? Should you go to their house, maybe somewhere public? What's the what's the best practice? Do you think? Well, the practice I've always used is I've I think that if somebody has a bike that's um, potentially stolen then they would try and meet me somewhere other than their premises. That was kind of the thinking that, that I always had. So I would, I would, and also if you meet someone at their house, you can get a very good impression of their character, uh, their personality, and it, it can give you a much better feeling for the, for the sale in general. Okay. So I personally would, have, would go to them. However, I do understand people, um, if they're selling stuff personally, they, they don't always want to have members of the public come to their house. Mm. So it isn't unusual for people to meet, to meet kind of midway. Um, again, I think it's, it's kind of comes down to individual circumstances, but I would try and meet someone at, at their home if possible. I guess again, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, potentially relatively performance related bike, you know, some, you know, high-ish end road or mountain bike it's probably again a slightly different purchase than going and buying like a 60 quid yeah you know right about town sort of a to b sort of bike if you know what i mean of um, course so yeah i guess buyer beware you know if, if you're going to meet somewhere public then do so somewhere you know with plenty of people around cctv you don't want to get you know you don't want to get mugged basically <laughs> that's the yeah you know, don't, true, don't yeah. meet somewhere like down the back of some down an alleyway or something because that's fuzzy <laughs> as anything <laughs> yeah and how do you sort of pay how do you pay for bikes then i mean 
Is it a case of just so, handing over a load of cash or bank transfer or PayPal, PayPal gift? There's loads of different options, isn't there? Yeah, that's, that's right. So um, I've done quite a few different ways. I'd say previously cash used to be, uh, you know, cash was a preference maybe a short while ago, but it seems to be less and less. People, mm-hmm. you know, people want um, bank transfers are very common. Uh, PayPal is also very common, but of course can potentially have some pitfalls. Anybody paying with PayPal should be very aware um, that if you're paying via a gift, mm-hmm. you do not get the same level of protection as if you pay, say, through an eBay transaction with PayPal. Mm-hmm. That's different, and you'll be protected compared to, yeah, if you gift someone money, you you lose a lot of your protection there, if not all of it. Okay. Um, so you have to be really careful with that. Bank transfers, I had a very interesting experience selling the car that I told you I, I purchased earlier, mm-hmm. that very car, I sold it shortly afterwards. I, you know, like you, Tom selling your bikes, I'm a bit like that with cars. Um, and yeah, I ended up, uh, having a pretty awful situation whereby it was a bank transfer. I think I was with HSBC and the guy was with another bank and, you know, bank transfer, same banks, same day, Worst case scenario, it seems to be, you know, they'll go through the same day. Often they're instant, you know, you'd expect maybe a few hours at the, you know, the worst case scenario. What actually happened was um, the poor guy was held at ransom in my kitchen while I waited for (laughs) quite a a big amount of money to not come through. And I'm calling my bank and they're blaming his bank and vice versa. And so we have this awful kind of standoff situation where the guy actually had to leave. Um, well, you know, we there's only so many cups of tea you can drink <laughs> in your parents' kitchen yeah. before things get incredibly awkward. <laughs> um, so the guy actually returned the day after. He was as good as gold, but really, uh, if somebody's paying via bank transfer, try and make sure that they're in the same banking group as you. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, be very aware that there can be real delays there. And that's, that's r- really awkward, not what you want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, back to the sort of the PayPal thing, I, I've certainly paid a lot of for a lot of parts and uh, and bikes with PayPal. And if you get a buyer that's sort of insisting on PayPal gift, what I always did, there's, there's calculators online where you can, you know, like I understand if that if if matey boy wants, I don't know, 300 quid for, for a bike and he's saying I want PayPal gift and he wants 300 quid in his pocket you can find calculators because I think the regular PayPal fees or certainly it was the case that the fees would come out of what the seller received. So you can um, find these calculators where you say, okay, the seller wants 300 quid, therefore I need to pay him or her £312.86 or something like that. Um, you know, you, you you then take a little bit of, bit of a hit, but to be honest, I think it's probably worth it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like you say... Um... You're paying for you're paying for protection there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not um it's you're not wasting your money. Um, if something does go wrong through PayPal, you can there are ways of appealing and and you know uh, solving disputes. Whereas if you go via that gift option, you 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 have nothing to come back on. Is 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 how I understand it. Yeah. Okay, and then um I think lastly then if you when we go in and picking up this bike and let's say we've agreed a sale price um and we're going to go and collect it. It's always worth yeah. having a real good look around the bike before you hand over any cash. Um, yeah. 
what are the what what are the things that you're going to be looking at? If you've not bought a secondhand bike before, maybe you, you're fairly new to cycling. What are the things that you want to just check uh, on the bike before you hand over that money? Sure. Um, the the first thing, and and maybe not the most obvious, is actually the size of the bike. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that that is the correct size bike for you because it doesn't matter how good the condition is. If it's the wrong size bike, you know you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's no there's no point trying to bodge around that fact. So so make sure you've had a look at. You, you know, you might be familiar with the brand, you might be familiar with the model. Um, have a look at manufacturer sizing charts if you're not if you're not aware of those things um, to do with the bike that you're looking to buy because you need to make sure it fits. But saying it fits and it's the correct size, uh, I would, the first thing I would look for is actually is kind of a general impression of the bike. Mm-hmm. So I would say, is it clean? Has this is this owner put in? a lot of effort into this sale you know do they really want to sell it as in i would i would say that if someone wants to get the most money possible for something they would make it look presentable yeah and that's not the case for every sale but you know i would i would expect the bike to be reasonably clean and look as if it's been well maintained mm-hmm. um so you know obvious things would be check the transmission have a look at your chain is it a rusty chain you know, a rusty chain on a bike that's being sold, unless it's, you know, some super cheap, almost parts piece, it indicates the bike has probably been abused. Those components have been left dry. They'll they'll wear out quickly. Yeah. And it's indicative of an owner who hasn't looked after it very well. So mm-hmm. have a look at the quality of the tires as well, you know. Has someone just put cheap tires on that are almost worn all the way through? Um, is there plenty of meat on the brake pads? You know, so they're, they're, they're kind of, as well as getting that general impression, you're looking at that's safety issues there, you know, mm-hmm. tires, brakes. Um, so that's, that's the first thing I would look for. Um, and then again, I think it would go back to more safety related points. Look at the frame. Um, if you're, have a look at welds, um, any, anywhere where you can see a weld, have a good look at it because hairline cracks are difficult to detect Mm -hmm. and they're not unusual on older bikes or bikes that have been treated badly. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's kind of, that's a frame. Um, What would you, what would you look for Tom? Um, From a, I think it's probably worth just giving the bike, um, it sounds a bit daft, but a good like wheel around a a good rattle, you know, if it's um, especially like a full Mm. suspension mountain bike, or even you know, check areas where there's, there's bearings. You know, grab the cranks, give that little wiggle um, around the headset and and all the sort of the pivot bearings. You know, bikes do wear out. Um, yeah. And it's not to say that if you know if there's a little bit of play in there, it's you should totally walk away. Just be aware though that whenever you buy a bike secondhand, especially, keep you know if you've got a five hundred pound budget, don't spend five hundred quid on a secondhand bike. Spend four hundred and fifty quid. And keep a bit of money back just to make sure that if there are things that need replacing, whether that's bearings in the headset or in in the suspension pivots or maybe a chain or brake pads or stuff, there is a bit of cash left in the pot to make sure you can afford to do that. Um, that's probably the main thing. Yeah, just give things a little wiggle. If it's feeling nice and ship shape, and as say the, the frame looks, you know, there's no cracks, no damages, um, and it yeah. looks like it has been well looked after. If you're happy, then you know, go ahead. But it's it's always that buy beware thing. Just you know, if it feels too good, then maybe it is. 
Exactly. And and don't be afraid to ask the owner any questions on its, you know, the history of servicing. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's not completely unusual to come across owners that have a you know a pretty meticulous record of service for, for some of these bikes. At the end of the day, they're very expensive. Um, often very expensive. So yeah. I reckon that's probably a, a fairly good uh, a fairly good summation of, of the sort of the pros and cons and the pitfalls and the things to look out for, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so, Tom. We also do have just a little plug. Um, if you Google uh, how to buy a used bike, somewhere near the top of the results, hopefully the top of the result, because that's... Uh, <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> that's my job, yeah. Um, we've got a fairly detailed guide, actually, okay. which goes over some of the things we talked to talked about today uh, in a little more detail. Um, and also we're always open to, um, or we've got a very active forum where you can ask these sort of questions and, you know, we're, we're dipping in and out of that forum too, to, to provide you with good responses. Cool. Is, so, is yeah, there we're a, here to help. Is there a classified forum on Bike Radar? There is a classified forum on Bike Radar. What a great um, place to start your search. The perfect place, Tom. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Okay. Well, um, yeah, well, thanks so much, Ollie, for your time. Appreciate that. Um, and yeah, thank you for, for listening. And uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to the Bike Rider podcast. We've got ones coming out every Monday and every Friday, uh, certainly at the moment. Um, so if you subscribe, it'll get delivered to your phone instantly, which is great. Um, and yeah, if, if you think someone else might enjoy it, then share it with them too. But yeah, thanks very much, Ali. Thank you. And uh, thank you very much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. <laughs>